0: Psychosis, why they want to hit me with the diagnosis, why they want to make sure my mind closes, conspiracy my ass, they want us to die fast, expose this. psychosis, if you wouldn't mind blow this, get deep, get mind blowing, got mine going, psycho shit, I hope this, wait, shoot the fuck up. Alright, welcome to the human condition, this is Max Manning, your host, and I'm gonna start this with another addition to the cellular resonance. This addition is not going to be an in interpersonary, this is going to be a mass introduction for a population or an uh, isolated group with a, uh, an analysis on how thoughts and ideas can propagate over a population size. Not influenced by other individuals, but influenced by their own introduction and group in it. We're going to go over the 100-monkey experiment, you know, some psychosis, mass psychosis, detail on how individuals uh, synchronize biomechanical um, processes through uh, interpersonary connections. And I'm going to raise a few uh, um, observations about this. Uh, I mean, this is where we're going to start. It's going to proceed in... uh, be the latter after the introduction of my three parts on electrokinetic cellular resonance this is going to be cellular resonance and of ideas and a resonance pattern of uh, propagation of those ideas Uh, there's going to be counter arguments because this is a pretty uh, conflicting controversial topic and we're going to start with Lionel Watson Lionel Watson while Watson tried to succ- uh, tried to make a sense of natural and supernatural phenomena in biological terms, he created the coining of the hundred monkey effect. In his book, 1979, Life tighter later in the whole Earth review, he conceded this was a metaphor of his own making, a metaphor. So he had to concede his uh, original production of his uh, effect, um, into a metaphor of a psychological or a sociological mechanism, and I'm going to go over that sociological mechanism later. But this is the hundred monkey effect it's a hypothetical phenomenon in which a new behavior or idea is spread rapidly by unexplained means from one group to all related groups. Once a critical number of members of a group exhibit the new behavior acknowledged by the new idea behavior was said to be propagated even to groups that are physically separated and have no apparent means of communication with others. This is part of the collective consciousness I ascribe to within my spirituality. Since it was first popularized, the effect has been discredited in many cases of research. One of the primary factors of the spread is a concept that many authors quote, secondary, Tetri or post-Tetri sources that have themselves represented the original observations. The Hundred Monkey Effect was popularized in the mid-1970s by Lyle Watson, who documented the finding on several Japanese primologists in the 1950s. Between 1952 and 1953, primatologists conducted a behavioral study of the troop of Maka Fuscata, uh, Japanese monkeys on the island of Kojima. The researchers would then supply these troops with such food as sweet potatoes and wheat in open areas, often on beaches. An unanticipated bribe of the study was that the scientists witnessed several innovative evolutionary behavioral changes by the troop, two of which were c- orchestrated by one young female and the others by her sibling or contemporaries. The account of only one of these behavioral changes spread into a phenomenon, i.e. the hundred monkey effect, which Washington would then publish as a story. According to Watson, the scientist observed that some of the monkeys learned to wash sweet potatoes initially through an 18-month-old female member named Emo by the researchers. One of the troop in 1953, IMO discovered that sand and grit could be removed from potatoes by washing them in a stream or in the ocean. Gradually, this new potato washing habit spread through the troop in a usual fashion through observation and repetition. Unlike most food customs, this behavior was learned by older generation monkeys from the younger ones. The younger ones were more likely to adapt this behavior and transcribed it through a uh, repetition and observation of the older monkeys. (coughs) This goes against... The narrative that all new ideas are propagated and thought put forth by the older tribe, then adapted by the younger generations. That's pretty important. That's pretty It's pretty of a new observation that, uh, you know, destroyed the narrative that only adaptation to new ideas and technology was from the older populations this behavior spread until 1958 according to Watson when a short sort of a group consciousness had suddenly developed among the monkeys as a result one of the last monkey learning potato washing by conventional means rather than the one to one at a time method prior Watson concluded that the researchers observed that once a critical number of monkeys though critical mass needed for an adaptation of vibrational state to achieve a collective consciousness adaption was reached, i.e. the hundred monkey this previously learned behavior instantly spread across the water to monkeys on nearby islands Watson first published a story in a foreword to Lawrence Blyer's Rhythms of Vision, 1975 the story then spread in appearance in Watson's 79 book The biology of the unconscious. Originally, Koshima researched this undertaken by a team of scientists as a secondary consequence of 1948 research on semi-wild monkeys in Japan. The Koshima troop was identified as segregated from other monkeys and from 1950, used as a closed study group to observe wild Japanese macaque behavior. While studying the group, the team would drop sweet potatoes and weed on the beach as, an obs- as and observe the troops' behavior. In 1954, a paper was published indicating the first observances of one monkey, Imo, washing her sweet potatoes in water. Her changed behavior led to federal feeding behavior changes over the course of the next few years, all of which was great benefit in understanding the process of teaching, learning and animal behavior. This is the sociological method given without the uh, uh, parapsychological explanation of collective consciousness that I ascribe to that I'm going to later give evidence for. A uh, a cellular resonance across a tribe or a group through behavioral change of resonant frequency. The young first teach their contemporaries and immediate family who all benefit from the new behavior and teach it to their contemporaries. If the parents of a contemporary or their parents are too old, they do not adopt the behavior. This is where a... Age comes in the effect of adaptation to new technology. That's pretty, or new ideas in general. It doesn't have to be just technology. Technology is definitely an observed phenomenon in our group where an individual is unable to obtain and adapt technology after a certain age and in the introduction of that new idea. This happens in uh, humans. This is why we have older folks that can't work computers. Yeah, have younger generations that immediately adapt that new technology a new uh, observation and new method of uh, behavior. Three, occurs in the initial group have children a change occurrence in dynamic and behavior from teaching previous and current generations to a new dynamic where the gen- next generation learns by observation. The behavior is no longer an active taught but passively observed and mimicked. The first innovator... Continues to innovate, the young monkey who started potato washing also learned how to sift wheat grains out of the sand by throwing handfuls of sand and wheat into the water, then catching the wheat that floats to the top. This innovation, invention was also co- uh, copied using the above teaching and learning process until there were too many monkeys on the island with too little wheat appropriation. Which is when competition became too fierce and the strong monkeys would steal the collected wheat from the weaker ones. So then they stopped the learned behavior and self-preservation. Wow, that's pretty funny. The innovator's sibling uh, started another innovation where monkeys were initially fearful of the ocean by deigning to put their hands and feet into it, the wheat straining innovation led to monkeys submerging more of their bodies in water or play splashing in the ocean. This behavior was once again copied using above teaching and learning processes. This study does not indicate a catalyst ratio at which all of Koshima monkeys started washing their sweet potatoes or in a correlation to other monkey studies where similar behavior started. To the contrary, it indicated that certain age groups of Koshimos would not learn this behavior keys 1984 this story was way popularized by ken Kyles jr where or kays jr where the publication of this book the hundred monkey effect in 1984 cause book was about the devastating effect of nuclear war on the planet Keys pre- presented the hundred monkey effect story as an inspiration parable applying it to human society and the effect of positive change unfortunately keys combined two items of truth that the Kashima's monkeys learned to wash sweet potatoes, and that phenomenon was observed on neighboring islands. He did not provide substantial evidence for this scheme, diluting the importance of both studies and potentially discrediting the scientists evol- involved. Combining the science with his political views may have also damaged the research credibility, leading to many reporters attempting to debunk the Japanese team's research without doing sufficient research themselves. In many cases of research, since it was first popularized, the effect has been discredited. One of the many factors in the spread of this concept is that many authors quote secondary taichiri or post-taichiri sources that have themselves misrepresented the original observations. Separate papers make mention that 1960 onwards, similar sweet potato washing behaviors were noticed in other parts of the world. However, this is not directly attributed to Koshima. Claims are that the monkeys swam from one island to another where he taught where he taught the resident monkeys how to wash sweet potatoes. No mention of other behavioral improvements are made and indicate how the monkey swam because Koshima cannot swim. Therefore, other questions must be asked how the swimming monkey learned the sweet potatoing behavior. If not from Koshima, no indication is made as to where the monkeys learned this behavior. In 1985... Elaine Myers re-exclaimed the original published research article in the Journal of Context. In a review, she found that the original research reports that Japanese monkey sentry in the f- second, fifth, and sixth volumes of primates were insufficient to support Watson's story. In short, she is suspicious that the existence of the 100 monkey phenomenon, the published article described of how the sweet potato washing behavior gradually spread through the monkey troop and became a set of unlearned behaviors of young monkeys. But Myers does not agree that it serves as an evidence for the existence of critical number at which the idea suddenly spread across to other islands. The short story of Watson Keys is popular among New Age authors and personal growth gurus, becoming an urban legend as part of New Age mythology. Moreover, Rupert Schrink has cited the phenomena as a 100-monkey effect with evidence of morphic fields bringing about a non-local effects of consciousness and learning. As a result, the story became a favorite target, Committee of the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal, and was used in the title essay, 100-Monkey and the Other Paradigms of the Paranormal, published in committee in 1990. In his book, Why People Believe Weird Things, Schumer explains that the urban legend started, was popularized, and has since been discredited. The original research continues to prove useful in the study of cultural transmission in animals. An analysis of the appropriate literature by Ron Osmond, published in Skeptic Society, revealed several key points of demystifying the supposed effect. Claims that practice spread suddenly to other isolated populations of monkeys may be called into question given the fact that the monkeys had the researchers in common. Asmund also notes that other sweet potatoes were not available to the monkeys prior to human intervention. Moreover, the number of monkeys in the colony were counted as 59 in 1962, indicated that even in numbers, no 100-monkey effect existed. Substantiated claims that where that suddenly and remarkable increase of uh, proportion of washers in the first population were exaggerated as much slower, more mundane effect, rather than all monkeys mysteriously learning the skill. It was noted that it was predominantly a learned skill, which is widespread by the animal kingdom. Older monkeys who did not wash intended to not learn, and the older monkeys died, and younger monkeys were in the uh, proportion of washers naturally increased. The time span between observation as Japanese science were on Order of years, so the increased proportion observed was suddenly uh, uh, observed to be sudden. It was not sudden when they were given years of the. This is the tipping point of sociology where a performed uh, observation was learned over a period of time. So that's the hunger monkey effect. Uh, this is how ideas and things are propagated in an isolated group of uh, population, and this is where the the uh, controversy comes into place. Now, they were able to obtain that under a different study. Uh, It was later argued that it was done um, either by the monkey swimming or that the uh, uh, researchers were offering the similar um, introduction of that new um, resource, the uh, sweet potatoes, into a new colony that were... um, not able to have that, uh, resource as a given to their island or their, uh, local environment. Um, the sweet potato washing was not an observed, was an observed behavior from the manipulation of, uh, them going to other islands. So it's all about who you believe at this point. Um, so we dan, we can assert that, uh, ideas of a population, Represented as an adoption of age and uh, a, a, a slow procreation of that method over time to uh, the whole tribe or the whole group of monkeys. Uh, we're giving to a critical mass effect where the critical mass is just the population that learns it over time. New old monkeys die out, new monkeys are more likely to adopt a behavior that was observed and collected by the previous generation. So the idea is that um, you don't learn from older monkeys and you learn from newer monkeys, but this this effect was still observed in different islands. Now it's how do you get to that observed behavior across? different islands, if not through the introduction of that um, that s- resource into their population by the people who are doing the research in general from the older uh, study. So later on, the uh, secondary person who observed the behavior that was uh, accredited to other islands, this observed behavior of washing the sweet potatoes is from the introduction of the original study and the uh, critical mass of a collective consciousness that superseded population and distance for the introduction of that idea through the collective consciousness. This is where the controversy begins. And there's different accredited and they're not very good at how they debunk the observed effect uh, they can say that the individuals took the um, monkey and introduced him into a new population or a new area that um, propagated the idea. But even if even if they did bring the monkeys over, how did uh, they have the material to propagate the uh, the behavior without the introduction of that um, that resource into their environment? The sweet potatoes. If they didn't have the sweet potatoes introduced into their environment. How did it get there? So this is this is where it's all controversial, and they try to debunk it. And there's some there's some validity to their debunking because you have to have a, a skeptical perception when inducing such a s- parapsychological concept into a. Uh, mainstream uh, narrative uh, that's published by a, um, a representative uh, a journal or an accredited journal of a site for uh, publications of research So this is this is uh, this is where you have to take your own desertion of how the uh, effect is being introduced and how the effect is happening and also how the introduction of it is going to be, propagate this is where pseudo scientific or spirituality meets uh, science again this is where a controversial interpretation of the data comes into play so did they introduce these other uh, Did they go across more than just Kojima did they go to other islands in the area and introduce this behavior did they watch individuals who were traveling stop at other other uh, islands and do this behavior for themselves, and then the monkey saw and were able to replicate it later on? These are all just these are all ideas. These are all uh, contrary ideas to the whole hundred monkey effect of a um, a idea being propagated by the collective consciousness. And this is where you make your own decision. And you take your own accredited um, analysis of the research papers. So this is where you do your own research and you get to the point where the, you agree or disagree with the 100 monkey effect. Alright, so we just went over 100 monkey theory and how the basis of a 100 monkey or a group of a associated vibrational state can achieve a group or collective consciousness that permeates distance in the society that it's given. Now there's uh, some more examples of this and I'm going to preface the uh, psychological studies that I'm going to provide and uh, formation of these these peer reviewed journal articles and um, studies of psychosis or mass formation psychosis with a preface to a a mechanism in quantum mechanics that is associated to a change of behavior over an infinite distance that supersedes uh, basic cause and effect and uh, associated Formations of how we navigate society meaning there's effects in quantum mechanics That have no rational Explanation as of yet one of these is uh, quantum entanglement uh, Quantum entanglement is a change of a subatomic spin based on a tide Seemingly infinitely distanced material tied in together as a state of their matter when an induction to a change state of one subatomic particle creates simultaneously the change of the other entangled particles quantum state of spin Um, when you change and this has been this has been proven This has been proven in a study from France where they were simultaneously allowed um, to observe quantum entanglement effect of associated spin of a, I think it was an electron um, through a computer system tied to another one across the United States. uh, One was... Seemingly affected by the other without any connective uh, causal behavior or uh, physical change that caused the other and other quantum state to be changed. So, quantum entanglement's a real thing, and this is where I assert that collective consciousness could uh, affect local populations uh, through quantum state entanglement over achieved vast distance without any simultaneous uh, connection other than um, quantum entanglement or uh, entanglement of the ether or change state of this ether um, that's uh, been discredited and now is coming back. This is where we have new methods of our quantum model and uh, our atomic model that's being questioned, um, where new old concepts are now being arisen within new vocabulary and new explanations, such as uh, the ether's a good one, Uh, another one that uh, is uh, torsion fields, Uh, so, you know, Kantian, Einsteinian gravity is having a comeback, other th- as an explanation to gravitational observation, um, there's also new models that are being associated with the uh, tertiary, uh, qu- uh, state of the atomic model for uh, uh to affect torsion fields, uh, magnetic, um centralizations or neutrality of a uh, opposed uh, two circular uh, I forget the name of the shape of it um, but you have a neutral state of a uh, magnetic field where uh, there's an inside and an outside um electrical field being rotated under the neutrality of the magnetic uh zero point field distribution this is uh the electron cloud is the outer ring and the inner ring is the uh atomic nucleus where our new model of uh our new atomic model is being proposed. Uh, So, torsion fields are a real thing. If you look on Google, it's going to tell you torsion fields don't exist. But then you look up Einsteinian Kantian gravitation, or quantum, uh, or general relativity. Einstein, Kantian, general relativity, torsion fields are a proposed theory of... uh, quantum gravity and this can tie in a universal um, single single uh, single uh, connection to the problems that mm, Einsteinian gravity uh, st- uh, general relativity have with uh, quantum mechanics they don't they don't they can't be unified to a single theory, whereas in um, Einsteinian Kantian uh, gravity, general relativity can explain the uh, the discrepancies between Einstein and quantum mechanics. So, uh, torsion fields are making a comeback. Especially in uh, Europe, they aren't making such a good comeback in America because everyone's stuck on Einsteinian method of gravitation through um, four-dimensional distortion of space-time. So, uh, we've superseded the expectations and explanation of... Newtonian physics of mass attracting mass and explained the phenomenon of gravity as not being an attraction, but within a distortion of space-time that simultaneously creates an appeared effect of attraction. Now we're on to the fact where we supersede Einsteinian uh, general relativity to a new model. And I, uh, I think torsion fields are something very interesting, I might do torsion fields in the future, uh, but just know that the current understanding of mathematical models are faulty and inherently flawed at this point, and we've superseded that to an explanation of new atomic models and new explanations to how these effects can be achieved. And I think this is the right way to go, where we uh, stop accepting the dogmatic representation of scientific model as fact, when it's all just theory. So we're going to get on, we're going to get on to uh, where I'm talking about mass hysteria. This is another explanation of how quantum states, or uh, an achieved vibrational representation of a population can achieve a synchronicity f- from union um, psychological psychoanalytic perspective of union uh, psychology. So I'm going to get on with it. Now uh, mass hysteria, mass psychosis, mass formation high psychosis, has been vilified as of recently because of coronavirus. Uh, Malone M.D. proposed this as a method of how the formulation of an idea of uh, vaccination was uh, being propagated in this society. He used mass formation psychosis as a method of explanation, and we're going to go over what it is. So... In sociology and psychology, mass hysteria is a phenomenon that transmits collective illusions of threats, whether real or imaginary, through a population in society as a result of rumors and fear. This is where it's an interpersonary con- conflict, but even within riots or uh, states of unrest and unruly vibrational behavior of a population induce the collective Result of behavior synchronicity or synchronization. Uh, when you have a, a fucking riot, it starts out with a small collection of group, and then the individuals just seemingly follow within the state of the appeared sociological hierarchy. The synchronization is an explanation of sociology, but I ascertain it's more than that. I think it's a vibrational influential state. Created by uh, mass hysteria of fear that this vibrational state is propagated not through the observation of effect and behavior, but through a vibrational influential state of psychological biological mechanisms. That's a uh, controversial unprovable uh, assertion, but um, we're on part five of cellular resonance Electrokinetic, and this is where it starts to break down from provable scientific models to a representation of metaphysical observation. This is where I'm at. This is where we're getting to. Uh, Sociology and uh, psychology, mass hysteria is a phenomenon that transmits blah, 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 affective society results of rumors and fear. In medicine, the term is used to describe spontaneous manifestation or production of chemicals in the body of of the same or similar hysterical physical symptoms by more than one person. This can be a disease. This can be that famous representation of a case in medieval times that uh, has been, or even just uh, the mass hysteria that formed from the Salem Witch Trials, uh, where a population grew to fear the uh, permeation of their social cultural structure by a uh, achieve or a perceived um, demonic, influential uh, outside uh, force. Common types of mass hysteria occur when a group of people believes that they have a similar disease or ailment sometimes referred as mass psychogenic illness or epidemic hysteria hi, hysteria hysteria ugh. middle ages according to the account was written in 19 uh, or in 1784 a nun who lived in germany convent in the 1400s began to bite her companions and the behavior soon spread through the other convents in germany holland and italy According to J.F. Hecker's 1844 book, The Epidemics of the Middle Ages, citing an unnamed medical textbook, a nun who lived in French Convert during an unspecified time in the Middle Ages inexplicably began to meow like a cat, shortly leading to other nuns in the convent to meow as well. Eventually, all nuns of the convent would meow together for a certain period, leaving the surrounding community astonished. This did not stop until police threatened to whip the nuns. Witch trials in the early modern period of 1450 to 1750, and especially from 1580 to sev- 1630. Dancing plague of 1518: a case of dancing mania that occurred in Osterburg, Alsace, a part of Holy Roman Empire, in July 1518, wherein. People took to dancing for days until they either died or collapsed in exhaustion. These are examples of mass hysteria that uh, is a perceived influence or threat, but uh, we're going to continue on from a perceived threat to an example of modern day mass psychosis or mass formation high hy- psychosis from something that's probably going to get me that little thing on the top that says covid 19 blah 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 fucking shit because i just said it it's probably going to be up there anyways uh, this is going to be from uh Ro- robert W M D. Malone. He's the one who supposedly came up with um nanoparticles for the distribution and um distribution of the COVID spike protein through a lipid nanoparticle. Uh that lipid nanoparticle, there's a reason why large and I listen to a lot of him. Uh there's a reason he explains as to why heart Mitokiditis and arrhythmia is happening within the vaccination of lower people. Lipid protein is a fat molecule. Fat molecules are normally distributed and used as an energy within the heart. That's why we have large populations of our group with heart failure and heart problems. Uh, It's the leading killer in the U.S. It's because we vilified fats as being the method of fat. Um, production when it's really sugar displacement in the liver creating fatty, um, fatty, uh, fatty substrates from uh, sugar molecules of high fructose. This is what creates fatty deposits on our liver and and creates the uh, effect of. Insulin production inside of our own biological system, but that's besides the point. Mitocarditis is affected from the vaccine because lipid nanoparticle method used of the distribution of that vaccination is displaced in the heart because fats are produced as 80% production of energy within the heart structure. Fats are used within the heart as a method, just like glucose inside the brain. Glucose is a main method of 80% energy distribution of our system into our brain. Glucose is the main production of energy within our brain. Heart is fat. As many of you know, I've spent time and research and speaking about mass psychosis theory. Most of what I have learned has become from Dr. Matthias Desmond, who realized that This form of mass hypnosis of the madness of crowds can account for a strange phenomenon of about 20 to 30% of the population in Western world becoming entranced with the noble lies and dominant narrative concerning the safety and effectiveness of genetic vaccinations. And both propagated and enforced politicians, science bureaucrats, pharmaceutical companies, and legacy media. What one observes with the mass hypnosis is that a large fraction of the population is completely unable to produce no scientific data and facts demonstrating that they have been misled about the effectiveness and adverse impacts of mandatory mask use, lockdowns, and genetic vaccines that cause people's bodies to make large amounts of biological active coronavirus protein. Hypnotized by this process, unable to recognize the lies and misrepresentations they are being bombarded with on a daily basis. An active attack anyone who has termi- or temetry to share information with them that contradicts the propaganda that they have come to embrace. This is confirmational bias. It's confirmational bias. <laughs> because you're unable to. Uh, perceive that you have been misled because of confirmation to uh, a narcissistic involvement to your own ability to dis- to discern information given to you when you're being misled and manipulated, you're creating your own conformational bias to unable to uh, perceive anything beyond a contrary narrative those families and social networks have been torn apart by this process and find that close relatives and friends have ghosted them because they question the official endorsed truth and are actually following the scientific literature. This can be a source of deep anguish, sorrow, and psychological pain. It is those whose soul and mind that I have induced a discussion of the mass formation theory of Dr. Matthias Desmond. During a recent talk, I gave in Tampa, Florida to an audience of 2,000. As I looked out into the audience and spoke, I could see relief on many faces and even tears running down from the eyes of stoic men. Unknown to me, someone recorded this speech and appended a vocal track of the series of calming images and natural landscapes providing a video that has gone viral throughout the world. A link to a video as well as some notes to clarify and supplement the talk are appended below. Many have told me that they find it very healing. I hope it may do you as well. A brief overview of Mass Formation, which was developed by Dr. Matthias Desmond. He is a psychologist and statistician. He is at the University of Ghent in Belgium. I think all... I think... Think Dr. Matthias is onto something about what is happening, and he calls this phenomenon mass formation psychosis. So, when he says mass formation, you think you of you can think of this as equivalent to crowd formation. One can think of this as crowd psychosis. We see crowd psychosis in the um, a perceived event and effect that one must contribute to the collective, uh, this is why you have, riots, this is why you have, uh, a seeming, connectiveness, uh, when you go to, large, gatherings, of, uh, say, um, what, are th- what is that, um, Coachella, or whatnot? when, uh, you're in a perceived group, that is, uh, Um, unifying into a collective experience or perceived uh, activity, um, this can achieve a self-validating effect of uh, of bias where an individual is further cemented in on his uh, effect of being involved within the activity, and we're naturally we're naturally like this. We naturally follow a hierarchy of a uh, centralized uh, consensus because we are a social creature, and when we use these, <coughs> and when we are involved in. These And when we use these methods of uh, collective connection, we validate our uh, involvement and position within the society. And it gives us a more connection to community. And we are lacking that. That's what we're lacking nowadays. We have a disassociation of local communities. So anything giving us a validation to the collective is a a more propagated concept and activity that's going to supersede and permeate within the population that's what we're lacking we're lacking community it used to be a formation of organized religion where we were all collectively contributing to a central activity or concept and uh lack of community is one of our huge issues especially in a modern society today all right and then our last method of uh of observation, metaphysical observation, that can be backed up by anecdotal evidence of any female you've ever been around, um, this is, a uh, menstrual synchrony, uh, it's called the, uh, McClintock effect, or Weasley effect, is a contested process whereby women who begin living together in close proximity would experience their menstrual cycle onsets the onset of menstruation or menses become more synchronized together in time than previously living apart for example the distribution of onsets of several seven female lifeguards was scattered at the beginning of the summer But after three months spent together, the onset of the seven cycles fell within a four-day period. Martha Minklintock's 1971 paper published in Nature says menstrual cycle synchronization happens when the menstrual cycle onsets of two or more women become closely together and in time that they were several months earlier. After the initial studies, several papers were published reporting methodological flaws and studies reporting menstrual synchronicity, uh, including Mintox study. In addition, other studies were published that failed to find synchrony. The proposed mechanisms have also received scientific criticism. Reviews in 2006-2013 ni- concluded that menstrual synchronicity likely does not exist. Scientific Details the phenomenon of menstrual synchrony is the closeness in time of the menstrual cycle onsets of two or more women. The phenomenon is not synchronization in the strict sense of coordinates of menstrual cycle onsets, but the term menstrual synchrony is used is still used perhaps misleadingly as an undergraduate, Martha McClintock, McClintock published, the first study on menstrual synchrony. Her report detailed the menstrual synchrony of undergraduate women living in dormitory in Western College. Since then, there have been attempts to replicate. Uh, Her findings also determine the conditions of which synchrony occurs. If in existence, her work was followed by studies reporting menstrual synchrony and other studies failed to find synchronicity. Thus, the number of studies were published from the 1980s to mid-2000s which attempted to replicate menstrual synchrony in college women, determine conditions under which menstrual synchrony occurred, and to address methodological issues that were raised as the studies were published. The rest of this section discusses these studies in chronological order, briefly presenting their findings and main conclusions grouped by decade, followed by general methodological d- issues in menstrual synchronicity research. Minkleck study suggests that 135 female college students who were 17 to 22 years old at the time of the study were all residents of a single dormitory, which had four main corridors. The women were asked when their last and second-to-last menstrual period had started three times during the academic year, which ranged from September to April. They also were asked who other women were in the dormitory they associated with most and how often each week they associated with males. From these data, McClintock placed women into pairs to close friends to roommates and also placed them in groups to find friends ranging from size 5 to 10 women. She reported statistically significant synchrony for both her pairwise sorting of women and other groups of her sorting of women. That is whether women were placed into pairs of close friends and roommates. Or whether they were placed into larger groups of friends, she reported that they synchronized their menstrual cycles. She also reported that there were more often women associated with males. The shorter their menstrual cycles were, she speculated that this may be a phenomenon effect paralleling with Witten effect in mice. That c- it could have ex- not explain menstrual synchrony among women. Finally, she speculated that there could be a pheromone mechanism of menstrual synchrony uh, similar to the Lebot effect in mice with an effect that's where male urine affects the the estrous cycle of female mice within a localized population and the induction to interpersonary um, social uh, interactions Males were affected by their pheromone effect of women's estrous cycles through male urine. That's the Witten effect. We're gonna keep going. We're gonna look at the Lee Boot effect. Is a pheromone uh, phenomenon concerning the suppression of prolongation of Ostrous cycles of mature female mice and other rodents when females are housed in groups or isolated from males. It caused by the effects of estrogen-dependent pheromone, possibly 2.5-dimethopryazine, which is released via the urine and acts on a vomercinol organ in recipients. This phenomenon lowers the concentration of luteinizing hormone and elevates prolactin levels, synchronizing or stopping the recipient cycle. This effect goes some way to explain the spontaneous pseudo-pregnancy can occur in mice. The same response is evoked from isolated females when brought into contact with urine-soaked bedding from other female cages. The adrenaline glands are required for production of the urine pheromone, which is responsible for this effect. Now, I think it's more than just uh, a urine-based introduction, even though the isolation or isolation of that is from abetting of other females. I think that when in close proximity of individuals, their vibrational state of Estrus is propagated not through pheromones, but through an induced interpersonary interaction. This, uh, the bedding has its own problems, so we can't just rely on one thing. If it's, They're going to go against the whole controversial concept. Uh, we must rely on metaphysical anecdotal evidence To achieve what the catalyst is. All these individuals. Are not from urine. But from an induction of interaction. If we humans. Are resulting in this effect. Urine is not an issue. Urine is uh, disposed of. Immediately. We don't have urine as a method of hormone displacement if the urine is not there. We go to the bathroom, we flush our urine down, and it's just an introduction of not a urine-based hormone production, but of an interpersonary resonant frequency, either through uh, neural transmission of uncertain or on when you when you're on your period the hormone displacement causes rapid mood changes and vibrational states of neural transmission these vibrational states can be picked up this unsynchronous pattern can display a sense of estrus that would be um, propagated at other females of close uh, interaction Um I believe this is still another method of introduction into resonance patterns of a population. Synchronization of estrus can be uh, very beneficial if you need a wet nurse or you need to propagate a perceived propagation of bountiful resources under a certain period of time, its necessity to have a children under that period of benefit would benefit the population and uh, the tribe in itself having children under an easier sense of proc- or procreation of food and resources. So, where I think that synchronicity uh, permeates. Um biological cues but biological cues happen from the synchronicity state uh, it's the chicken or the egg at this point point. and uh, there's more to the hundred monkey effect and there's more to synchronous patterns of uh, vibrational state we've gone over kinetic we've gone over electro displacement through bilipid mem- membrane proteins Synchronous uh, mass formation psychosis is a thing. Don't let Google tell you it's not. (laughs) Fucking Einstein and Kantian method of uh, torsion fields for general relativity is a thing. For explanation of gravity. Don't let Google tell you it's not. Look up Einstein, Kantian, torsion fields. But this is where all of science fails to find the correlating factor of a uh, single perceived causal catalyst of uh, all these perceived biological mechanisms that supersede our explanation. Obviously, if you can't find synchrony of uh, urine-based displacement, but uh, you can find synchronicity among closely related individuals. That's my assertion. The more you interact with an individual and create a synchronous basis of understanding of vibrational state, it can achieve a difference of vibrational state in self. Sleep studies prove this. Eventually, I might go into a port. Five. This is part four. I might go into part five where I explain synchronicity through sleep studies, uh, but I'm already at the point where I've reached 50 minutes. Uh, so this is my next podcast over synchronicity, electrokinetic synchronicity, cellular re- synchronicity, and resonance of a population. Uh, I do. Intend to continue this concept and this uh, over time. I don't have my next podcast I want to do tomorrow. It's not going to be over synchronicity, Um, but I think that this was important to finish. So we started with electro, we next did our kinetic, then we did interpersonary, then we did populational synchronicity uh, resonance. Um, And I'm going to continue on with uh, resonance because everything is vibrational resonance. All materials vibrate at a synchronicity rating. This is how we're able to achieve um, resonance patterns of a glass that's breaking under their resonance vibrational state. That's why when you flick a silver coin, you have a different vibrational sound than if you flick a nickel copper coin zinc nickel copper coin all materials resonate at a induced resonance pattern and I think our collective consciousness resonates at that as well this is the human condition podcast I hope you guys listen to me in the future I apologize for not getting this out earlier this week Uh, I've had a lot going on um, so you know hope you guys understand I hope to put out another one tomorrow